get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. With Alex Ferrario, I'm Brandon Kiley. It's BK and Ferrario on 101 ESPN. Let's go out to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line. Thrilled to be joined by MLB Network producer. He is Keith Costas joining us on the show. Keith, always appreciate the time, my man. How you doing today? I'm good, guys. Uh, just braving the first New York City uh, snowstorm of the winter. So excited to get back home to St. Louis next week for a long extended stay. You know, these snows are nice for about... 90 minutes or so and then it just becomes an extraordinary pain in the city so ready to get back to the midwest so sounds like something similar that you had to deal with uh earlier today as well very fun for a few minutes and then extraordinarily painful who's trying to impersonate your father keith what's going on here <laughs> yeah apparently someone who's got plenty of time on their hands because it wasn't a particularly creative or uh not really sure what the point of that whole exercise was but yeah we had a fake bob costas on twitter this morning which was about as likely as pig flying. So I believed it for all of about half a second, but my phone was blowing up. And it's been a slow market in the baseball world, so I honestly think it was probably my busiest morning of the offseason so far. But, uh, yeah, I can confirm, still not on Twitter. Yeah, I saw the tweet, Keith, and I, I saw the trending of Bob Costas. And the last time I saw your dad was doing one of the live at Shannon's with Mike Shannon and Mike Claiborne, <laughs> and he still had his flip phone like Mike Shannon. So I was pretty positive that <laughs> – Bob wasn't on Twitter, but let's go down a hypothetical road, Keith. What would Bob Costas' Twitter look like? Oh, man, that is such an abstract concept that I'm not even sure I could <laughs> offer a, a guess at what that might look like. Um, yeah, I mean, the, you mentioned it, the flip phone. He was loyal to Pantech, the technology giant that produced that <laughs> flip phone for many, many years. It was a, a huge step when he moved into the iPhone, iPad consumer market, but um yeah, Twitter, social media, he still has not crossed that bridge, and I wouldn't hold my breath for it anytime soon. <laughs> He's Keith Costas, MLB Network producer, joining us here on 101 ESPN. All right, Keith, let's talk a little baseball because uh, you were from St. Louis. You certainly know this team inside and out, both working for MLB Network and just because you're a baseball fan as a whole. As you look out at the market right now, if you were to be put in John Mosellock's shoes today, what would be the priorities for you? What would you want to see the Cardinals do this offseason? Well, I mean, in an ideal world, I think you'd want them swimming in the deep waters with guys like George Springer, maybe Michael Brantley, some of the other big-time free agents that are out there. But from everything we've seen from the team so far, and in fairness, most of the teams around the league, given the pandemic and no fans in the stands and everything that we all are well aware of that's going on in the world right now, I don't think that's going to be the route they go. So I know they have a crowded outfield situation already, but I think you look at the list of non-tenders. It's been discussed plenty, but all the non-tender guys, options that weren't picked up, some kind of mid-tier free agents that are out there, I think just the volume of outfield options, that's probably where I would start my search in terms of improving this team in the offseason. But it's not like there's perfect fits there either. So he's got a tough task in front of him, but I think outfield is probably their best chance to add an impact player. But they'll have to take some risk on to do that as well. It's not like there's sure things out there. So, Keith, when you look at those non-tender names, because in St. Louis, you know, everyone is attached to guys like Eddie Rosario or Kyle Schwarber or David Dahl, as some of the national perspective has connected him to St. Louis. Do, do any of those names make sense for the Cardinals in terms of finance and in terms of what they could provide with the hypothetical situation of no D.H.? 
Yeah, I mean, it's always hard to handicap the finances without being in the room, but I do think all of those names to one extent or another would make sense. And if I had to pick one of those three you mentioned, I think I would lean towards Rosario. Now, in a vacuum, he's far from a perfect player. I mean, the pandemic is obviously driving these non-tenders, but they're not going to get non-tendered if they're elite players. They obviously have flaws on the field as well. So with Rosario, he's not going to be a guy that puts up a huge on-base percentage. He's going to strike out plenty. He's going to have some lapses in the field, but you're talking about a guy who has more RBIs, which I know is a dirty word in 21st century <laughs> baseball analysis, but this guy has the sixth most RBIs in baseball over the last two years, easily the most RBIs by anyone on the free agent market. So I know he hit in the Minnesota lineup that looks absolutely nothing like what the Cardinals have been running out there the last couple of years, but I think just the volume of hits, extra base hits, damage, even with an imperfect approach, makes him a pretty intriguing name. See, I like him as well, Keith, and I like adding an outfielder to this mix. I mean, we've talked plenty, and Ferrario yells at me all the time about <laughs> Jock Peterson and how he makes a lot of sense as a potential platoon player out there as well. I think my question, though, is like I'm all for adding to the outfield and helping the offense that way. I also feel like they need a third baseman, though, because right now you're looking or second baseman either way, depending on where you want to play Tommy Edmond. But right now you're looking at Matt Carpenter potentially being your everyday third baseman. And Keith, I don't need to tell you that just hasn't gone well for the Cardinals over the last two seasons. So is there a way that you think they can upgrade both in the outfield and at third base, given what their financial situation is? Man, I don't know. It's tough. I mean, you talk about the financial situation. They're obviously dealing with the final years of some pretty rough contracts here, be it Carpenter. If you remember back to the Fowler negotiations, it was pretty widely reported that they were stuck on a four- or five-year deal, and the the cards ultimately caved and gave him that fifth year. It'll be Carlos Martinez, guys like Andrew Miller. They've got some big numbers on guys that you don't necessarily expect to live up to that value in terms of the money this year. But I think you look at the market, and there's just not – as many options at third base plus you have the added complication of who's going to want to come here and sign to play third base knowing that you have a guy who's been in that clubhouse for the better part of a decade and Matt Carpenter even if he's not the player that he was that's a tough gig to take over for a player like that that has that kind of stock within the organization within the clubhouse plus on the back end you've got a kid like Nolan Gorman who's coming as the top prospect in the organization there's really no long-term certainty and the number of names that kind of fit that mold is a guy who doesn't necessarily need to run out and play 150 games, also isn't going to be looking for a long-term deal. I just It's not impossible, but it's harder to figure how that could happen relative to the discussion we were having about the outfielders. So I, I'm sure they'll be looking at their base. I'm sure they'll try and get as creative as they can, but it's just hard to figure at this point from the outside looking in from my perspective. So, Keith, we talked with a, a beat writer for the Cincinnati Reds yesterday, and he brought up kind of how the Cardinals' uh, system and the Cardinals' way, so to speak, of building a roster has been the North Star for a lot of these teams in the division when you look at the NL Central now, does it seem like the Cardinals' model is still working, or does it seem like that's turning into a flawed model in teams like the Cubs' model or what the Dodgers have done is starting to be the other side? I'm not sure if it's a flawed model. I, I mean, you can never have enough big league-ready players, but as we all know, they haven't been able to develop that, that separator of sorts, a guy that you look at and say, man, this guy's going to make – a huge difference in a five-game series or seven-game series in October. This is a guy that the opposing pitching staff is going to circle. Is someone we just can't let beat us. I mean, I guess Goldschmidt, in theory, has been that guy, but there's been so little around him in the lineup that he really hasn't been in a position where he's had to be pitched to in every situation. So, I mean, 
yeah, they're just they are they are in a very tough spot right here when you look at where they are as a team. But then to get to your question about the central, it's pretty interesting, guys. When you look at what has happened the last couple of weeks, Jason Stark had a great article on the Athletic about the non-tenders. Almost half of all of the non-tenders in the league this year came from the AL Central and the NL Central. Hmm. I mean, you could make you could think of that a lot of different ways, but I mean, I think the kind of easiest explanation is smaller markets in the Midwest more affected by the pandemic. And when you look at it from a money perspective, the total money saved on non-tenders in the AL Central and the NL Central was almost three times what it was in the West and the Eastern divisions combined. So there's a lot of mediocrity in the middle of the country in baseball. So I'm just not sure any of these teams really have great motivation to go out and take on a ton of risk and try and do something really special because there's really not a lot of competition within the division. You've got a bunch of teams that's going to play around 500 or maybe a little bit better. So they're in a spot in a sense and that they're not going up against the Titans of baseball and in the, within their own division. But that also, from a fan perspective, doesn't give them a ton of motivation to do something super aggressive. Keith Costas joining us here on 101 ESPN. Keith, the guy that we have to ask you about, or the two guys really that we have to ask you about here in St. Louis are Yadier Molina and Adam Wainwright, both still out there on the open market. It seems like, uh, depending on what happens here with James McCann, Ken Rosenthal reported earlier today that he's close, reportedly, uh, with the Mets on a potential four-year contract that's since been uh, kind of muddled a bit. But it seems like that's probably where that's heading, and maybe that helps kickstart the catching market a little bit. We know the pitching market has been active from your perspective, do you think that the most likely scenario for Wayno and Yachty at this point is for both of them to return to St. Louis? Or as a fan as well, do you want that to be the direction that this goes? Well, as a fan, I certainly want that to be the direction that goes. I mean, who knows if Wainwright's going to be able to replicate what he did last year over a full 162, but there's a need for him for sure in the rotation. And when you look at the catcher position, I mean, we really didn't see much of Andrew Kisner last year, so what are you going into the season with if you don't have Molina? You're talking about a guy who really hasn't played much yet at the big league level at any level over the last 18 months or so. So I think that they're both going to be back. And when you look at Molina in particular, I just don't, I just don't see him bringing, I mean, look, he's going to bring value wherever he goes, but so much of his value is not necessarily what he does at the plate or even behind the plate at this point. A lot of it is just the leadership aspect and it's very real. And I think that plays, in St. Louis more than it would anywhere else. You look at some of these teams that have been mentioned. You talked about the Mets. The Yankees were a team that was kicked around a lot. They ended up hanging on to Sanchez. You know, people have talked about the Angels, but I can't imagine Yadier Molina being interested in going out to L.A. for a team that hasn't been able to get over the hump for quite some time now. I just don't think that there's a fit for Yadier Molina as good as the fit is in St. Louis. So I do expect both of them to be back. Keith, the player that uh, I think a lot of Cardinals fans are asking questions about right now also is Carlos Martinez with what's happened in the offseason and what happened this past year of him wanting to be a starter and not remaining healthy. Uh, looking at Carlos's role for this team, uh, do you see them using this guy more as a starter or a reliever or possibly trying to cut ties before the season starts? Yeah, I mean, cutting ties before the season starts, I, I think if they could move him, they would have moved him. It seems like kind of reading reports and just reading the tea leaves of the team that that's been something that they've been open to for at least a couple of years now. And I thought last year when they decided to start the season, I mean, it lasted for all of a couple of days, but when they started the season with Kim as the closer and Martinez in the rotation, just from a pure baseball perspective, that seemed very curious to me. I and mean, given the Cardinals' track record with how they analyze pitchers, I mean, just the year before bringing in Michaelis from, you know, having pitched in Asia, you felt very good about 
their scouting of Kim. I mean, I coming into the season, I thought there was no chance that he wasn't going to be an excellent pickup. I didn't think he'd be, be as good as he necessarily was, but I felt very confident about Kim's ability to pitch in the rotation. And we had seen Martinez be, you know, a little bit of hold on to your hold on to your chair when he comes into the game. Sometimes <laughs> he was pretty effective in the back end of the bullpen, and I think fans rightly had their questions about his ability to stay healthy in the rotation. So, all things being equal, I would like to see him in the in the pen, but. I think we have a pretty good idea at this point that Carlos does not agree with that line of thinking and would prefer to be a starter. So another tough one that's tough to handicap, all things being equal up to me, I'd like to see him in the bullpen. But I think we all realize at this point, predicting anything with Carlos Martinez is sort of a fool's errand. Last question for you, Keith, for me. And it's kind of as it's a follow up to that in some ways, but it's a little bit more big picture. For baseball as a whole this season, given that it was a shortened season in 2020 and a lot of the minor leaguers had basically zero work, how do you think teams are going to go about utilizing their pitchers? Like, are we going to see 200 inning starters this year? Are we going to see guys that start 30 games? Or is it going to be a little bit more piecemealed for these teams, given the fact that a lot of them, I think the leader last year was Lynn with like 80 innings pitched. How do you see them handling this? Yeah, that's a great point. You bring up Lynn. That was the first thing I was going to go to. There's obviously going to be some teams that are designed in a more old school way. First and foremost, being our old friend Tony LaRusso up in Chicago with them just getting Lynn. I mean, they've got three horses in the front of the rotation that they're going to hope go six, seven, even eight innings every night out. But for the most part, I think you're probably on to something there with we're going to see a movement even more towards the kind of Johnny Hole staff approach. Maybe not necessarily openers, but more kind of tandem starts, piggyback starts, guys doing multiple innings out of the bullpen, especially with the three batter minimum here to stay. So, yeah, I think that we are uh, maybe not every team is going to be Kevin Cash, Blake Snell in the World Series <laughs> level aggressiveness, I hope not. <laughs> but I do think that yeah, I hope not too. But I uh, but I do think we're going to see even more of a movement away from kind of the traditional pitching strategy that we've seen over the years. He's Keith Costas. Check out his work, MLB Network. Give him a follow on Twitter as well. He's at Keith Costas. Do not follow his father. It was a fake account. <laughs> Keith, always appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much for hopping on with us today. All the best to you and the family. Enjoy your holidays. All right. Thanks, guys. Happy holidays. The Wendy's $3 breakfast deal is here. Get a bacon or sausage egg and Swiss croissant plus a small seasoned potatoes. That's a better breakfast for just three bucks in three easy steps. One, wake up. <sighs> Two, get out of bed. And three, head to Wendy's for your $3 breakfast deal. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's $3 breakfast deal. Limited time only. Participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours. Select a request $3 breakfast deal in order to obtain discount. Not valid for all card or combos orders. Price and participation may vary in Alaska and Hawaii.